Women's Health Melbourne is a boutique specialist fertility and women's health practice, caring for women at all life stages. We're proud to provide world-class holistic medical care, including IVF and a range of other fertility treatments. We provide our patients with every opportunity to achieve their goals. Our two Melbourne locations are in Fitzroy and our new state-of-the-art Caulfield practice. Reach us at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au and you can follow both Women's Health Melbourne and Dr Rayleigh Alou on the socials. Welcome to Nocta. Today we're with Dr Rayleigh Alou from Women's Health Melbourne. Welcome Rayleigh. Hi. And we are discussing multiple pregnancies. So one of the things that probably the layperson notices about IVF is that many people who in the past especially have had that treatment end up with more than one baby at a time. Raylia, why does multiple pregnancies happen more often with a fertility treatment? So you're right, IVF does have a higher rate of twin pregnancy, but especially in the past... The majority of IVF twins were due to what we call double embryo transfers. That means putting two embryos back at the same time. So that's non-identical twins, just like any other kind of sibling. Nowadays, actually, IVF is a lot more responsible because in the days where there were lots of IVF twins, there were also, unfortunately, a lot more premature births and a lot more admissions to neonatal intensive care because of it. And probably a lot more babies who had complications because of prematurity. These days, it's thought that one embryo at a time is the best idea. And we're confident to do it because we're good at freezing embryos now, whereas in the past, fewer embryos were able to survive the process of freezing for the future. Uh, Whereas now, uh, the chance of getting pregnant with a frozen embryo of the same calibre is as good as with a fresh embryo. Are there any additional dangers involved with the multiple egg transfer? So when you put two embryos back, most of the time there's only one baby, but, you know, half the time if a pregnancy occurs, there there are two. And sometimes there are even three because you can have an embryo splitting. And in IVF, you can get twins when you put one embryo back because the embryo can split and that's what you call identical twins or monozygotic twins is the official medical word for that. So the chance of an embryo splitting in IVF is 1 in 100. It's still not common, but in nature it's 1 in 400. So you can see it's like four times, four times the chance. So four times the chance of, a, of an identical twins, having identical twins if you have IVF. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah. But IVF's not the only kind of fertility treatment. That's true. And actually other fertility treatments where we release sperm into the body, like ovulation induction, um, using Clomid or Letrozole, Famara is another brand name for Letrozole that people might have heard of, or using follicle-stimulating hormone for ovulation induction in combination with IUI. Often we do accept that not every egg can be a baby and we can you know allow a cycle to proceed where there are more than one mature eggs expected to be released and those kind of cycles with ovulation induction do have a significantly increased risk of twin pregnancy compared with a natural ovulation cycle. So talk about 
why would a doctor put back in more than one egg? So it, it's well, we we put back embryos. We we have the eggs. Sorry, I keep saying egg. I mean embryo. <laughs> so basically, there's two categories of double embryo transfer that that I would do in my practice. The first is patient request. So there are some patients who ask if they can have a double embryo transfer, and I do try to some extent to talk them out of it sometimes because of the risks that I can cover in more detail, but. If a patient understands the risk and really would like a double embryo transfer and you've explained it and done your due diligence and they still would like a double embryo transfer, I would generally support that decision because that's their autonomous decision and if they're fully informed of the risks, then they have the right to make that decision. I would never put back more than two because I think that would be irresponsible. You mentioned two categories of patient who might have um, multiple embryo transfer. What was the other category? So the second category of patients who we would discuss double embryo transfer, patients who've had multiple IVF cycles without success or multiple embryo transfers without success. And in that group of patients, um, I think it's reasonable to offer a double embryo transfer if they wish to proceed with that, also having explained the possible consequences of twin pregnancy to overall increase their chance of success moving forward. So a friend of mine who had IVF treatment in Greece, so she's not, not Australia, they put in three and she's 40. What are, what are the risks there? So look, I would say that's pretty crazy. Uh, in terms of having triplets, that's an obstetric disaster. And so look, she's 40. Yeah. And so look, there are, there are risk factors for a complicated pregnancy and a triplet pregnancy will always be a premature birth, always. And when babies are born premature, I guess we categorise the risks into maternal and fetal. So maternal being risks to the mother and fetal being, being risks to the baby. So fetal risks would be things like an increased risk of being born very preemie, an increased risk of having growth restriction in utero, an increased risk of having um, fetal distress, an increased risk of having all the complications of prematurity, so things like uh, breathing problems, neurological problems, cerebral palsy, problems with vision and hearing, sensory neural, all kinds of problems, learning disabilities as they become older, death, so not every preemie baby survives. So yeah, you can miscarry before viability, before a baby can survive outside the womb, or you can have a very, very premature baby who's susceptible to, you know, kind of not being able to be fed, not being able to fight infections, not being able to breathe properly, and babies can die. So it's 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 pretty serious stuff. So when someone who's trying to have a baby, and maybe they're older as well, and want to reduce the amount of pregnancies that they have, it's actually not... It's not better to have more than one embryo transfer. No. Um, if we want to reduce the risk of, of miscarriage, it's much better to um, associate it with advanced age of the parents. It's much better to consider genetic testing of embryos and to put a better quality embryo back rather than, you know, kind of putting back quantity. The, the other thing about your friend who had treatment overseas, I, I would venture to say that the laxer the policy on embryo transfer, it's probably a marker of the poorer the quality of the laboratory because, you know, high-end laboratories that have confidence in their processes of vitrification of embryos and, and embryo survival, 
um, and who are good at freezing embryos are less concerned about the policy of single embryo transfer and laboratories that may not have those assurances may be more likely to place more than one embryo at a time. There are maternal risks as well to, to multiple pregnancy. So if you, if you do have a twin pregnancy, you're more likely to have a premature birth, of course. You're also more likely to have a caesarean birth. You're more likely to have physical complications of pregnancy like pelvic instability, stretch marks, hernias, abdominal wall laxity, back problems, you know, kind of mobility problems. You're much more likely to have things like varicose veins, prolapse of the uterus in the future, continence issues in the future. So, look, there's all of these things that can happen from the mother's point of view. More likelihood of having a condition called gestational diabetes when the body's under stress from a multiple pregnancy. More likely to have preeclampsia and hypertension. So, look, there's all of these serious risks associated with twin pregnancy and high-order multiple pregnancy that just is even a more significantly risky situation. Uh, So usually the best practice, the gold standard, um, is single embryo transfer, aiming for one full-term healthy baby. What would you recommend for women who, because of their advanced age, are worried about having more than one transfer? Do you mean that women, because they're advanced age, they're worried that they might not be able to have another baby later? Yeah, that's exactly. So if I have a patient who's worried that they might not be able to have another baby a couple of years down the line because they're already of an advanced age, um, what I'll talk to them about is whether we put some embryos in the freezer now um, before moving on to try and get them pregnant. So using IVF and potentially genetic testing so that we know the embryos are normal and putting a couple of embryos in the freezer for baby number two. And that can take a bit of the stress off the idea that they may or may not be able to have another baby and make a, a woman more likely to be comfortable and confident to have a single embryo transfer and a safer pregnancy. What are reasons why someone might want to have two embryo transfers? So there are, there are some really valid reasons as well that someone might want to have double embryo transfer. It does increase your chance of getting pregnant um, statistically uh, by having a double embryo transfer, although incrementally so. So it's not a huge difference. If you put a good embryo back um, and it's destined to work, it'll work whether it has a roommate or whether you put it back by itself. In terms of... Um, kind of misconceptions. I mean, patients do sometimes think it'll be nice to have twins, you know, and obviously twins are lovely when everything goes right. There are some other things to consider with twins apart from the medical risks, like, for example, there's a much higher divorce rate in families where they have twins. <laughs> That's oh, this fascinating, of course, because it's such hard work. It's hard work and it's stressful and, you know, kind of you've only got two hands. But if you have two babies, you know, just put one baby to sleep, the other one wakes up, you know, you can imagine the scenario. So, but, you know, people would, would ask for twins because they, they like the idea of having twins. And I would say, you know, be careful what you wish for in that context. Um, in terms of just the chance, you know, that patients just really want it to work and they want their IVF to result in a pregnancy and they're willing to take risks in that situation and, and patients are vulnerable to taking risks. And so you really have to, as a doctor, steer this kind of conversation in the right direction and 
make sure that any decision the patient ultimately makes is really well informed. If you have a multiple pregnancy and there there are problems with one, what can you do to make sure the other survives? Really, there's not a lot that we can do clinically to influence that. If, if a patient does have what I would kind of term a kind of obstetric disaster and have a high order multiple pregnancy, either because they've been advised not to try in an ovulation induction cycle where they've had an over-response and they've ignored that advice um, and decided to have sex and release millions of sperm into, into the female pelvis where there's more than three or four eggs released, you know, you can, you can have a situation where you do have a high order multiple pregnancy. You know, everyone's heard of the octomom in in America. I'm not quite sure what her situation was, whether she had IVF or ovulation induction. But look, you, you can in those desperate situations consider something that nobody really loves to talk about called a selective reduction. It's a bit of a horrible thing for a woman to go through, but you can decide for the benefit of, you know, to try and improve the chance of one or two of the babies surviving to terminate uh, some of the pregnancies in a high-order multiple pregnancy situation. And how that's done is if you do have, say, three or more pregnancies, you might decide to reduce down to twins or a singleton. And um, it's, it's a procedure that I don't do personally, but it's done under... Um, it's usually ultrasound subspecialists called COGU um, subspecialists who can do this procedure, but uh, you can inject the pregnancy with some, um, usually something like potassium chloride to stop the baby's heartbeat. And so you allow a kind of one or two of the pregnancies to continue and decide to terminate others for the benefit of the remaining babies. So nobody wants to do that. And and I would advise, you know, patients and, and women, you know, very, very carefully if they do have an over-response to ovulation induction so that they don't find themselves in such a difficult scenario, it is better to abstain from intercourse in that cycle, you know, kind of use protection or just don't have sex. Let that cycle go, you know. It, it's one of those things about ovulation induction when we're bringing on ovulation for women who aren't ovulating, that's new. It's an art as well as a science, and there's cycle to cycle variation. There can be quite a narrow therapeutic threshold, and sometimes you know we do overshoot. And and um, you know my advice in in a situation of over response would be cancel that cycle, wait a month. I know my patients who are trying to get pregnant want to be pregnant yesterday, but it's just not worth taking that kind of risk of high order multiple pregnancy. Yes, there are things you can do about it, but they're not things that anyone dreams that they would have to think about and um, and it's, it's the far kind of lesser evil to just wait another month and try again. Thank you, Raylia, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next week with a new episode. In the meantime, for more information about Raylia and her practice, you can visit womenshealthmelbourne.com.au or find Women's Health Melbourne on the socials. If you've got any requests, please don't hesitate to contact us on podcast at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au. Thanks.